0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is a prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. At the door. Good morning, everybody. Good. Last week, we started our series, God is More Than Enough. And we laid a foundation last week with um, the teaching. And again, if you missed it, I want to encourage you to get the teaching off last week. Today, beginning from today, we are going to begin to unpack what God is more than enough to do, as we see in our text for this series And today we are looking at God is more than enough to meet my spiritual need. God is more than enough to meet my spiritual need. Last week we we saw that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we explained that the Lord there means Yahweh. And in Yahweh the interpretation is I am who I am. God is God by himself, is self-existent existing and is self-sufficient and God does not need anything outside of him to make him God. God is God all by himself. And we explain that we simply are not self-sufficient. We need God. In fact, the trouble comes when we go out of God to try and meet our needs. We get into trouble when we go outside of God to try and meet our needs. And we explain that for us, for the Lord to be your shepherd, you have to be willing to be his sheep. For the Lord to be my shepherd, I have to be willing to be his sheep. And we said that we don't like to be sheep because, you know, the sheep is dumb. The, the sheep is, is, um, is dirty. The sheep is defenseless, you know. So we, we don't like to be associated with weakness. But you see, we need to embrace our weakness or weaknesses, before the strength of God can be released or made perfect. So we are going to um, continue from there today. God is more than sufficient to meet my spiritual need. God is more than sufficient to meet your spiritual need. Psalm 23, verse 1 to 6. We are going to read from the New Revised Standard Version. Psalm 23... From verse 1 to 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness, in the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. Amen. And if you were here, I mean, for for those that attended the first worship experience yesterday, we spent time to pray in these scriptures. And I wish we could for all these worship experiences, but for time, we cannot. You know, we spent time to really, really drill down and pray in all these scriptures. So David is saying to us today, to you and I, that if the Lord is your shepherd, If you are his sheep, he will take care of everything. That's what he's saying. That's scripture that we read. That if the Lord is your shepherd, if you will be his sheep, if you take care of your spiritual need, your directional need, your emotional need, your physical need, and your eternal need. If the Lord is your shepherd, and today we are we are going to look at God meeting our spiritual need, and we're going to continue from there. As you can um, um, see, Uh, we're going to continue looking at directional, emotional, physical, and eternal. Verses one and two: The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. The word soul there literally means life. My life. My essence. The me that is within. My inner man. He restores my spirit man, if you will. He restores my spirit. He restores my soul. He restores my life. So, God, if he is your shepherd, he will... Meet your spiritual need. It will restore your soul. And we have such intense spiritual needs. Our souls are sometimes famished. Sometimes our souls are hungry. Sometimes it's disquieted within us. Sometimes we don't even, we can't place a finger on it. We are just not satisfied today. You will see God as your shepherd that meets the needs of your soul. Our souls are are in trouble, intense need for several reasons. Three main reasons why our souls are in intense need. The first is, is because of our own sins. Because of our sins. Because of our own transgressions. Our sins draw us away from our shepherd. Our sins draw us away. Because of how... We want to do our own things in our own way. You know, and that's what the Bible says, that what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? It says, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Yes, you've done it to get a car. Then what can you give in exchange for your soul? Yes, you've done that to get... Ahead. So, what are you going to give in exchange for your soul? Your soul is priceless. My soul is priceless. And unfortunately, many times we, we trade our souls, we trade it day by day by letting things slide, by, by compromising here, compromising there, compromising here, compromising there. Before you know it, the soul is fragmented. Totally fragmented. So our own sin are the number one reason why our souls are and our spirits are in desperate need. The, the second reason is, is because of the world that we live in. The world around us drain us. The world around us drains us. There's a lot of pressure in the world. The world is broken. The systems are broken. There's no perfect system of governance. Some people say it's um, democracies. The, the, China, the Chinese people say it's a Chinocracy you know, and even the, the from the Middle East say it is um, the monarch system, you know, um, Nigeria will say anything, just combine everything together, <laughs> we are good, you know, I mean, the, the system is broken, the world is broken, you know, we, we, you can't even expect things to work even in the developed countries. Because The world is broken. There's a lot of pressure on us. There's a lot of pressure economically. There's a lot of pressure. It drains our soul. It pressures our lives. It's like, you don't need to do anything. Just keep driving the car. Just keep living the world. What does the car need to do for the fuel to finish? A car that is being used. What does it need to do? The tank does not need to be leaking. Nobody puts pipe inside your cart to siphon your foil. The foil finished by reason of use. Praise the name of God. (laughs) And that is how life is. Because of the world around us, we are drained and we are depleted. And that's just how it is. But the shepherd of your soul will restore your soul today in the name of Jesus. And of course, the third reason is the enemy of our souls The enemy's antics and attacks drain us. Even when you are strong and you fight back and you push back and you are victorious and you are rejoicing and you keep getting victory upon victory, after a while, you are tired. Someone said, Pastor, ija, ija, ija sha. You know that fight, fight, fight. I've always been fighting, you know. I, I just try to encourage myself. I say that, okay, but have you been winning? Have God been giving you victory? Say, yes, God has victory. But I'm tired of fighting. <laughs> you know? I said that the people that are, that are tired of fighting, are on the, the other side of eternity. The people that have stopped fighting are on the other side of eternity. And we still need you here. So what you need is for your soul to be what? Restored. And you'll be ready for the next fight. I get an amen. (laughs) Your soul to be restored. So the enemy's antics drain us. So we, we have the illustration of the car. The car we just keep going. That is all. Then the, the foil finishes. You need, to ref, you need to refill. And that is how it is. The oil, you need to change the oil. You can't just be using the car and using the car and using the car and using the car. You don't care about oil. You don't care about servicing. Are you a woman? <laughs> Men, am I, am I not speaking the truth? Now ladies. <laughs> you are in church. <laughs> Do you worry about servicing the Well <laughs> I don't want to say more like that. <laughs> you are just using the car, using the car, using the car. Don't you think that the thing needs to be serious? it as our portion (laughs) you can't just the oil is like it's like unction in life it's like it's like the oil it's like the anointing it's like the unction it's like putting oil in your car it's lubricating it making things work effortlessly it's like like serving god and and not being anointed it's laborious but when you are anointed, when you have the unction, regardless of the capacity you are serving God, it's, everything is smooth. It's smooth and easy. So trying to function when you are out of unction makes you malfunction. <laughs> when, I was, when I was crafting that, I was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah, so yeah, trying to function when you are out of unction makes you malfunction. The engine will knock. He said, You know, one of the days, a woman says to her husband, ah, I've been hearing this sound in my, in my engine. I don't know what it is, though. So. And the man said, You have been hearing that sound? He Yes. He said, How long have you been hearing said, For About one and a half weeks. By the time the start had the car, the car knocked. You have been hearing the sound. You has been doing <laughs> And you have been driving the car, God will forgive you. <laughs> you know, and you know, it's and, and that's just like life, you know. You, know like, you can't just be doing life without checking the oil. You can't doing life without getting re- re- reimbursed or refurbished or, 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 or re- renewed. And, and God is saying, David is saying to us, if the Lord is your shepherd, he will restore your soul. He will meet your spiritual needs. You see, and this goes beyond resting. You see, it's good to rest. You know, we will talk about resting. But this goes beyond resting. This, there is a place to rest. But what we are talking about goes beyond resting. There's a place for you to rest. But what I'm talking about goes beyond resting. Why? Because you can rest and your soul is still not restored. You can go on vacation and you come back you are more tired than you left. You can take three weeks off and you come back. In fact, it looks like you've been in a boxing match. Why? Because resting does not necessarily lead to restoration of soul. It is the Lord. That restores the soul. You can rest outside of God. You know that. It is the Lord. And that is what actually brings freedom. You can rest without God. But it takes God to restore your soul. You know, the the word of God says in Isaiah. That they that wait upon the Lord. Shall renew their strength. That word restore my soul. Also means renew my strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. So it is not just about resting, it's about waiting upon God. Fasting is going to start tomorrow. It's an opportunity to wait upon God and allow God to renew your strength. You know, so says, Oh, Pastor, how come you don't get tired of being you have been serving God for A while, you know, I've I've never said to God, you know, you know what, I'm not serving you for six months, let me just come back. I, I mean, why? It's simple. This is the answer. God, when you wait on God, God renews your soul. It's like going for servicing. They remove the plug, they put a new plug in it, they put fresh oil. They are just, you know, fixing you up, fixing you up, fixing you up. By the time you are done, you are ready for a new level. Praise the name of the Lord. So, and many times we feel that, oh, things are not working. Oh, life is as if your life is on hold. It's as if you called heaven. And they say that, hold on. You know when you call some call centers that they put you on hold and you are old for 15 minutes and they tell you that your call is important to us. (laughs) I'm like, really? For 15 minutes? It can't be. So, David can relate to our plight. David knows what it is to be desperate, to have a famished soul, to long for God, and it appears that God is nowhere to be found. In Psalm 63, verse, from verse 1, Psalm 63, it says that, O oh, true God, you are my God, the one whom I trust. I seek you with every fiber of my being in this dry and weary land with no water inside. The man that wrote, leads me, makes me lie down in green pastures. He knows what it is to be in a land that is dry and weary. Says my soul is dry and longs for you, my body aches for you, for your presence. And when we look at that, Psalm 23, verse 2. It says, he, God, makes me. Everybody say, makes me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me. Everybody say, leads me. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. God will restore your soul. In the name of Jesus so, for there to be spiritual vitality, for your soul to be restored, for there to be spiritual vitality, there is a making and there is a leading. You see that from that scripture. For, for, for soul to be restored, for, for there to be spiritual vitality, there is a making and there is a leading. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters so let's look at the making it makes me lie down in fact the literal word there is like you are being forced down it means God gives me a pinfall it means this sheep wants to wander and God has to corner him and and, and start him and put him down that is what it literally means so so it makes me lie down. I'm forced down. We talked about the different translations at tribe, the literal and the and the interpreted the dynamic, you know. First down. So so the shepherd doesn't ask us to lie down in green pastures. God doesn't ask me to lie down. God makes me lie down. God compels me to lie down. God compels you to lie down. God compels us to lie down. Why does it compel us to lie down? Because that is where green pasture is and by nature we wander. By nature we try to to Go from place to place. By nature, we always think like sheep that the grass is greener on the other side. So God needs to start us, <laughs> put us down, <laughs> literally. By nature, we are self-sufficient. We think we are self-sufficient. We think that oh, we you know we are we, we are smarter than God. So God needs to put us in a, comp- in, a in a condition. That we can't move. He makes us lie down. Because as long as you are self-sufficient, you will only become spiritually drained. As long as you are self-sufficient, you will only become spiritually drained. So, God has to make you lie down. He has to put you in a situation you can't get out of. He has to put you in a tight corner. He has to make you feel helpless. He has to, he has to put you in a place where you can't move until he helps you. God does that. And many of us we are we're in that kind of situation? We are like, God, this is a tight corner. God says, yes, I put you there. He says, but, but, but I, I, he says, if I don't do that, you will not eat this green grass. That is fresh, this spiritual food that I want to give you, you will not eat it. Praise the name of the Lord. I know it can be uncomfortable. I know. There's this documentary on on this turtle, this huge sea turtle that in Florida that, you know, found its way on shore. So, because the turtle was big, you know, meant for the ocean. And found his way on shore, he didn't know what to do. So he was just going around and he began to wander towards the buildings. Instead of going back towards the ocean. So the, the people there, you know, in that place, they, they take care of their animals. You know. For us, we see sit as ah, pepper soup. <laughs> God really makes a way. <laughs> there seems to be no way. And that's a uh, Japan will be inside pepper soup. <laughs> but for them, they, they, they tried to preserve it. So they brought this uh, like crane-like but ant-controlled and they they pushed it on its back. They lifted it and they turned it over its back. When they turned it over its back, imagine a huge turtle on the shell, on the back. On the shell. It was, you know, it's, the ants were struggling. So they put a chain around it. They, they tied it to a truck, this... Um, Huge truck and they dragged it and dragged it and put it back in the ocean. But you see, while they were dragging the turtle, the turtle was fighting. The turtle was gasping for life. It was like, oh that f- is, is this Nigeria? Am I gonna end up? <laughs> 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 Am I going to end up with the pepper soup? <laughs> you see, and you see, sometimes you don't know whether God is delivering you or is destroying you. When He takes you and puts you on your back and drags you and puts you down and he's dragging you, you're like, I hope you are not going to the pepper soup. But God does that. So that it can feed you. And feed you green grass. Praise the name of the Lord. So we see a God, our shepherd, that loves us. And sometimes constrains us. Sometimes puts you in a place. Where? Sometimes, you know, God makes a man that is arrogant. Make sure it is his wife that feeds him. God does it. So that you will Learn. A few things. Sometimes God 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 makes a situation that is supposed to be rosy and all that. God, God constrains you and you're like, What how? How did I even get into this place? And this is God's purpose. <laughs> God puts you in a place where there is room for only one God, and that God is not you, His name is Jesus. puts you in a place where there's room for only one God and his name is Jesus. He, you will try everything and you go to the north. Side, nothing will work. If you're, if you're a child, that is, if you're a child of God, nothing will work. And if you understand that he does this, it makes us lie down be. In green pastures. If you understand like the turtle that is being dragged. That is dragging us. To abundance. We begin to understand that really. God is a good shepherd. And instead of fighting. Obviously I mean. We find it uncomfortable I know. So fighting is is natural. It's natural. But you say the best sheep put themselves down voluntarily. The best sheep, when they, when they see the signal of the, of the shepherd, they put themselves down voluntarily. The best sheep, you, you know, it makes them lie down because he, 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 he does the gesture and they go down. But the, uh, whichever way it will make you lie down in green pastors. Moses' perfect example, Exodus 33, he said to God, if your presence doesn't go with us, we don't want to go. In other words, if you don't empower me, I won't get empowered. If you don't bless me, I am not interested in any blessing. If, can you say to God, if you don't promote me, may I never be promoted? Can you say to God, if you don't bless me, may I never be blessed? can you say to God? It is only the one from your hand that I'm interested in. I'm not interested in the blessings from anybody else. This, can it come from anybody says? Yes, definitely. Definitely. God puts us in uncomfortable positions. Years ago, about 19 years ago, when I was <laughs> serving God had said to me, I'd never seen that scripture before. I was in Unlag, final year, finished final year, waiting to be called up. And God gave me a scripture, says, Go check this scripture. And I went and I checked it and I saw it. I've never seen it before. It says that God does not delight in the strength of horses or in the legs of men. You know, that is when the terminology. Using leg, is, was very popular. I used the, le, use leg means you will what use connection, and you know. So I saw it. I, I was like, wow, so this is in the Bible. God will, does not delight in the legs of men. <sighs> so, and every time God leads you and talks to you, you should try and see what is He saying to you now. What, how does this apply to me now? And I, it was clear to me that it was concerning my youth service. He didn't want me to walk where I was going to serve. So, I said, okay, fine. But I'm confident that you will put me in Lagos. <laughs> you know? <laughs> because, I mean, the course I studied, they don't, they don't do it. Uh, Lagos is the best place to be. So, I told my mom, she had leg. Like, I said, don't worry. She says, hey, let me do this thing for you. I said, don't worry. God has spoken to me. Don't use that. So she did it. So she left me. And I bounced to the place. I saw the list. I checked for my name. I saw Mawa. I, <laughs> I almost fainted. <laughs> I was like, what? Where is that? You know? And I went back to God. And I was like, no, 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 no. You know that this thing does not work like this. You can't. That place, they don't even have a single computer. I will be there for one year. I will be out of touch with the world. And God said, I don't delight in the legs of men. You see, it was a difficult, it was putting me down. So, I went back to my mom. Uh, you know that. Uh, thing I said I did not want. A shame, yeah. <laughs> I was being a little boy. That leg, can it still be used? She says, of course. You know, she calls somebody in Abidjan. Nada, 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 nada. They said she come and pick a letter. I went there, so I had to report to Adamawa first. And the oldest people say to me, what are you doing? You know, at those points, you don't really want to hear God's voice. I said to God, let me fix this. I'll come back to you. Don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I've got this covered. <laughs> you know? So I went to Abuja to pick that letter. That journey. I can't tell you that story yet. I'll tell you another time. Not today. It's, too, it's just an amazing. I got the letter. After I'd done the, um, the, um, that thing you do for one month. You know. So I went to Abuja. I got the letter. And I went back with a letter to give the director there for me to be deployed to Lagos. And the only people was saying, what are you doing? Ah, You have to be wise in this world. You can't just sit down and, you know. From nowhere, a lady had never, I don't know, I don't know, obviously, I I don't live in that part of the world. She came to me and she looked at me people had been seeing the the director and the game it it was almost my turn and she looked at me and she said you want to get redeployed she was like a secretary she said you want to get redeployed my man I'm like why don't people just mind their business (laughs) in this life you know So you want to get redeployed I said "Uh the next thing she said blew me away she said and you call yourself a Christian how did she know I was a Christian? And she walked away. I said, ah. This kind of journey may may donkey not speak to me. (laughs) That was the end. I got up, I took that letter, I tore it, and I went to serve. That was the end. But you see, in retrospect, it was that year what God did in my life, what he fed me that year, has not expired today. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. It, it, um, it's unbelievable. The, the journey it took me in that year, in the spirit, I mean, I could never have attained it in Lagos. I was literally in the wilderness. In fact, there was a time that I got really bothered, right in the middle of, of, of service here. I got really, really bothered because I was hearing testimonies of my friends in Lagos that there, the jobs they are getting, the projects they are working on. You know, after a while, you know, when God has put you down, and all your friends are, you know, you know, everybody is, you know, moving and everybody is, you know, making progress, and God is putting you down. Ah, after a while, you are like, is this God or is this the devil? <laughs> Are you trying to deliver me? Or are you trying to destroy me? i smack in the middle of service. I never forget. Never, ever forget. God said to me, you are worried that you will be a reproach. I said, Exactly. I think my e- Exactly. Since you are worried that you'll be a reproach because you are doing what I've told you to do. He said, if you become a reproach, he said, let the reproach be on me. Wow. President <laughs> of He says, if you become a reproach, if you become a curse, let the curse be on me. If you, if you become a reproach, then let me be. Let the, I mean, that settled it totally for me. In retrospect, in f- in four years, as I w- worked, four years as I work, the person I was reporting to in four years was reporting to me. Four years. In retrospect, in retrospect, did I become a reproach? In fact, I became the Envy. (laughs) Every time. Let's give God glory and praise and honor and adoration. Every time, every time you stay down. You chop your grass. You stay where he's put you down. When you come up, you're coming up with glory. (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord. Why? Because to lie down means to get low. And when you are low, you are in a great position. Because when you look up, you are only seeing Him. You are only seeing Him. Unfortunately, some of us, it takes too long before we get it. We go. We will never. God will send a donkey to you. You won't hear. God will send a goat to you. You will not hear. There is nothing. You, you, we just, I mean, you, you just prolong it for nothing. And some of us, <laughs> we are quick to forget. So God takes you through a dealing. Last year, he makes you lie down. You saw that, ah, God put in a tight corner and he fed you grass and you chopped your grass. Then you are up. This year you are forgotten. You are beginning to behave like a rascal. You know what you are saying? You need to put me... Uh, you can clap alone. It's okay. <laughs> you see, there are some of us that... When God put you down, you surrender quickly. Well behaved. Everyone, even everyone saw it. I've never said, ah. You got up again. It's as if it wasn't the same you that was saying, "Oh, to Jesus, I surrender." Now they say if you should come for a tribe. You say, "Ah, well oh, Before, ah, tra- you are waiting for the door to be open. <laughs> uh, Deuteronomy eight three. Quickly, Deuteronomy chapter eight verse three. It says that you know, talking about the Jews. It says, "Yes, He humbled you." By letting you go hungry. He says then, feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you or your ancestors. He did this. Now, this is just the part that blows me away. He did this to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. He says, he suffered you to hunger. He put you down. He allowed you to go through what you went through for only one purpose, to show you that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And this is the beauty of it. He is not leading us and putting us down in a withered and a brown pasture. Is putting us down in green pasture. If you will stay down, you will see the green of the pasture. The food is about to give you while you are down is the food that your fathers have never known. Praise the name of the Lord. It's the food that your ancestors have never known lives by every word. And when you get that lesson, that man lives by what? Every word that comes out of the mouth of who? Of God. When you get that lesson, and you've eaten the manna, you've eaten the grass, and you've eaten the grass, and you get that lesson, then you are ready for the next one. Because man lives by every word, and that is the leading. So you have the making, and the, and the leading. So when we finally get it, when we look up and it's all we are seeing, then we can follow his leading. We can follow his voice. We can follow his promptings. But we have to lose control. We have to give him control before we can follow his leading. We have to give him control before we can follow his leading. You can follow his leading. If, you don't, if you've not been put down, you can't follow his leading. If you've not, if you've not been broken, if fact, the fruit of brokenness is obedience, the white people don't, are not obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit is because they are not broken. He's not broken that limb. He's not put you down. When you are put down, it is easy to follow the leading. And that is when you begin to experience the waters, and the still waters. Praise the name of the Lord. And that is where real freedom comes. So, for there to be spiritual vitality, there is a making and there is a leading. When we've learned where he has put us down, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So the word of God becomes precious to you. So, the living can happen. So God can lead you to still waters. So God can lead you to abundance. So God can lead you to depth. God can say, you know, (laughs) God doesn't force me beside still waters. God leads me beside still waters. He may force you down, but he leads you forth. And that's the combination in the spirit that you have to get as a child of God. When God forces you down, it is to learn how to follow his leading. God doesn't force you beside still waters. God leads you. If you read all the literal translations, the distinction is clear. God leads me beside still waters. God leads me beside still waters. So, for instance, fasting begins tomorrow. You need you to fast. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? You know, you, say you put a bowl of rice and, 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 and chicken and, and do, do a moi moi before you. Say, oh God of heaven, if it is not your will for me to eat this rice, Force me not to, and, ah, so, ah, God didn't stop me. It must be God's will. God will force you to fast. There are experiences that God wants to take you to, that he leads you into. He says, Femi, you need to do this. Yes, sir. And I do it. Boom, and stuff happens. He won't force you to do it. But you see, you, you, we, you, don't, you are not able to obey promptly like that, without asking questions. If you have not been broken, if you have not been made and forced down, if you have not been made to eat grass, I'll be ate green. Praise the name of the So for the shepherd of your soul to restore your soul, he forces you down and he leads you forth. So, for there to be a restoration of soul, there has to be a forcing down and a leading forth. For there to be spiritual vitality, there is a making and there is a leading. And it goes through all that trouble to restore your soul. It goes through all that trouble to restore my soul. Your soul is your life. Is your identity, is who you are. God goes through all that trouble to restore your identity. And uh, you know, many times, life makes us bewildered and sometimes disoriented. We don't even know who we are anymore. But when you submit to God's leading, when He makes you, and he leads you, your soul gets restored back. You begin to see who you are again, your confidence begins to come back, your life begins to come back. And I pray again that God will restore you fully in the mighty name of Jesus. Why, because we all need help, we all need help. We all need help. David did not say that, if the Lord is your shepherd, you will never need your soul will never need to be restored. Is that what he said? He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He restores my soul. Even though he's my shepherd, I still get depleted. I still need his help to restore my soul. Just like we all have mobile phones. If you don't have a mobile phone here, let me see your hands up. You never know. I may just be distributing phones this morning. (laughs) Bottom line, we all have phones. And when you use your phone all day, when you get home, does anybody need to tell you to charge it? If you don't charge it and you bring it up the following day, you will have no power on your phone. Should you not begin to smash the phone? You know that you did not charge the phone. It's the same with your life. It needs restoration. When your shirt is wrinkled, you iron it. To iron it, you put pressure. You put f- fire on it. You put heat on it. That shirt is not smiling. While you're putting heat on it. But without that heat, it cannot straighten out. It's the same thing. And you restore what was originally present. In fact, that's a whole whole sermon by itself. You restore what was originally present. So God will restore your soul in the name of Jesus. So don't fret. When it appears that things are collapsing around you, when it appears that you're in a corner and nothing is happening, when it appears that God is boxing you down, rather surrender. Surrender. Don't fight like the turtle, don't struggle. Trust Him. Why? Because when God lets everything collapse on you, it's because He's ready to do something new in you, and that's that's the truth. When he, when he allows, I can tell you stories and stories and stories of my life. As if everything is collapsing in you, just breathe and trust the Shepherd of my soul. I give you full control wherever. You I will follow, I, I have made a, a choice, choice to Struggle to do is swimming. I can play a lot of sports, I can do many things, but now I think I want to give some focus to swimming. (laughs) So I was I, I was reading, you know. I always start by reading and researching. And legendary swim instructor swimming instructor says that there are two things he starts with people when they want to start to swim that he first splashes water on their face he first, you know, try and make them comfortable with water he says most people, as long as their feet is touching the ground of the pool they don't have a problem with that so the next thing he does is try to teach them how to float I said exactly, every time I've tried to float guess what happened? But I'm going to show you a a video of me floating very soon. And, and, And he said that how he gets people to float easily. Particularly children. Children are the easiest to teach anything really. How to swim. That he puts his hand under them. And he says, look, I have you covered. And he tells them what to do. And he says that for the first two times, they actually, he says it thinks they deliberately sink so that they, be, they are sure that his hands are there. And his hands always catches them. And he says that as long as they know in their mind that they have his hands there, they begin to float. Even when he removes his hands, they are still floating. But you know what? I think about it. I was was like, you know, it's the same with God and life. Underneath are his everlasting arms. When we want to float in life, remember, you cannot sink. You can't sink. And the reason you can't sink is what? He will catch you, he will carry you. It will uphold you, and it's the same thing, it's a good shepherd, it will not abandon you, it will restore your soul. So, this morning, submit to his making, follow his leading, and you will see your soul restored. Let's our hearts as we burn our heads. I want us to talk to God about what we have heard. Talk to God about what we have heard. Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him about what we've heard. Tell him. I want to pray with you. If you are here, you are saying, Pastor, ah, I need those everlasting hands under me. I need God as my shepherd. I need him as my shepherd. He's not the Lord of my life. Oh, I used to be born again. and am Can I come back? I need to be connected to those everlasting hands. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Should I come forward? No, you don't have to come forward. Wherever you are seated, my sister, my brother, I want to pray with you. That is me. Pray with me. Put up your hand now over your head. Quickly. Now, put up your hand, put up your hand. Over your head, and we'll pray together wherever you're seated. God bless you. If I put up here and put it well, 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 over your head, not on your head. Slip it up, slip it up, sleep it up. If you are online, the instructions are scrolling. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. Pray with me. Let's talk to God. Our Father, here I am. Here I am. You are my shepherd. You are my shepherd. You are my shepherd. I need to give my life to Jesus. Oh yeah, I want to rededicate my life to him. I want to get connected to the everlasting arms. Put up your hand, quickly, over your head. Slip it up, over your head. I will pray together. That is me, Pastor. That is me. Pray with me this morning. Father, we thank you. We honor, we adore you. We come before your presence today. I will pray that the assurance that underneath are your everlasting hands given to us. Oh, give unto us. Lord, we give you praise and glory, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Let's ask God for the Lord for his kindness, his mercies, goodness and his word.